Hockey and music go hand in hand. I mean, you can't even start a game if you don't have a hard pumping song to get you going. And of course, the music for the Mother Puckers openings and closing song, Havoc by Sean Tubbs, sounds even better thanks to J-Rocket Audio Design's pedals. For you hockey moms out there who also have guitar players, there's no better pedal on the market to help your budding Jeff Beck sound like Jeff Beck than with the J.B. Archer from J-Rocket Audio Designs or any of the many award-winning pedals produced by them. Other than the sound, the best part is they are made in the USA. All you have to do is go to rocketpedals.com, that's with two T's, R-O-C-K-E-T-T, pedals, P-E-D-A-L-S, dot com, to hear and see the products, find distributors, and enjoy the website experience. And if you purchase a pedal from JRAD, please use the code PUCKERS because that is going to get you 10% off of your purchase. And I will personally thank you on my podcast. And when your little player plays himself a little song or records it, send it on in. I'll make a compilation and put them all out on the um, podcast in the future. Thank you to J Rocket Audio Designs for being the first Mother Puckers sponsor. Welcome to Mother Puckers, the first and only podcast for hockey moms by a hockey mom. And that's me, Julie Bardowski. Alongside the hockey apostle and the 13th disciple, Lou Manzaluzzo. Welcome to the show. Hello, Mother Puckers. I was not sure I was going to record, and you were probably wondering where I was last week. But let me tell you, if you can't still hear it in my voice, I was sick, sick, and I still am. I'm still coughing. I did not have COVID. I went to my alma mater's homecoming with my girlfriends and it was a great weekend, but there was zero sleep. There were alcoholic beverages consumed, I'm not going to lie. It was a college celebration after all and um, had so much fun, but got back to St. Louis and I was at my parents' house. So that was really great, except I had to be holed up in my childhood bedroom for a week and couldn't really interact with anybody. I'm sitting here with an emergency glass of water because I could start coughing at any moment. So a little reminder for everybody is that yes, it is sick season. Uh, You are getting less sunshine, most likely. So get your vitamin D, do your grounding, get the enzymes through your feet and your body, up your vitamin C, take care of yourself with good nutrition, exercise, all the things. Nothing is 100%. (laughs) You will get sick. So you have to embrace it. And just remind yourself that every time you do get sick, you're actually strengthening your immune system because that's how it works. So I'm reminding myself I'm strengthening my immune system while I sound just absolutely horrible still. So while that's going on, um, it gives me the reason for this week's podcast and why I still, even though with the horrible sound of my voice, felt that it was important that that I get in because 
I wanted to dedicate this section, or I'm sorry, dedicate this episode to Adam Johnson and to the 23 other players that have died on the ice while they were playing the game of hockey. Um, We have lost 23 players since 1905, according to a very quick Wikipedia Google search. Adam Johnson, it was a really um, graphic video. I don't suggest you let your kids see it. I, it's it's bad. Um, he was a uh, Minnesota native. He played in the NHL. He played, you know, over in Europe. He was in Sweden. He was in um, UK when this action this accident happened. And that's what they are. They're accidents. There was no malicious intent um, having this happen. And we all mourn for. Adam and his family and our entire hockey community because losing someone in such a tragic way just is felt deep and wide. So that is the purpose of today's episode is to talk about mitigating risk. And just a couple, three years ago, there was a massive incident in the youth hockey world where I believe it was a goalie who got slashed by a blade in the, in the, neck and had to receive treatment. There have been um, slashes on wrists. Heck, I've even been at a rink when the kids were little. They were probably nine or 10. And they were out just doing a public, you know, stick and puck. And a kid got slashed and was bleeding. And I hopped out there and administered, you know, first aid until we could get proper first aid clinicians in to take care of his laceration. But we know that there is risk. There's risk in every sport, but we're going to be specific to hockey because this is a hockey mom podcast. Like there was three years ago when the slashing happened to the goalie on the ice, there was an outcry for protective neck gear. I know I jumped on that bandwagon. You know what? And now that I'm thinking about it, I think that might have been before because I think it was before I started doing this podcast. I, I can't remember exactly. However, um, there was this outcry and we all went and we bought the, you know, the best net guards that we could get, but we couldn't get our players to wear them. So I think about how the NHL has evolved and how hockey has evolved. And for 100 years, I don't think they were even wearing helmets took him a long time to put a helmet on, took goalies a really long time to put a face mask on. Talk about tough facing down those pucks and taking them in your face without any kind of face mask on. And then there's, so there's the call for, you know, requirements, 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 mandates, mandates, mandates. And I am right there with you. We have such little protective gear when you consider the type of sport that hockey is and the fact that most players do not wear all of the protective gear that is available to them, citing whatever personal reasons that they cite, and that we as parents, are, we can insist that our kid wears XYZ piece of equipment, but the kid will go out and do what he wants to do. So who is it up to? Well, our governing bodies of sport. They have directors of player safety. They have directors of officiating. Those are the people who are 
there to enforce the rules that they have because I bet you didn't know this. Here are sample uh, safety rules, or I'm sorry, some of the key equipment safety rules that both USA Hockey and Hockey Canada have out. And they're very similar. They are helmets. They all have to be secured properly. They all have to meet the Hockey Equipment Certification Council or other certification organizations that are out there in Canada and other um, uh, countries in the world. Mouth guards. Did you know? Players are required to wear an intraoral mouth guard designed for dental protection. They cannot be clear or white. This is a requirement. Face shields and cages. Face shields or cages must be worn by players under the age of 18. Adults can choose to wear a full face mask or shield, but it's not mandatory. Under the age of 18. Hello, USHL. You have players that are under the age of 18 that are not wearing cages today. Protective equipment. You must wear shoulder pads, elbow pads, shin guards, and gloves. It should be designed for ice hockey and offer adequate protection. The referee can remove a player from the game if their equipment is deemed unsafe or insufficient. Guess what the next one is? Neck guards. Youth players wear a neck guard, which is designed to protect against lacerations and injuries to the neck. It's already in the book. Protective clothing, jerseys, everything that covers all skin and padding, goalie equipment, they have specific equipment regulations, including the size and design of leg pads, chest protectors and helmets. They must also wear a neck guard and a properly fitted throat protector. Skate guards, players must wear skate guards or keep their skates covered while off the ice to prevent injuries. Safe stick and blade use. Players should ensure that sticks and blades are in good condition without cracks or damage that could pose a danger to other players. All of these things are already in the USA Hockey and Hockey Canada guidebook. So it's there. So our outcry for from a youth hockey perspective, it is there. And youth hockey means anything governed by USA Hockey or Hockey Canada. So that goes all the way up to junior leagues. All of them have to have these in place. So why aren't we seeing players with mouth guards neck guards, and any other type of risk-mitigating equipment. Why aren't we seeing it? It says in the book, the referee can remove a player if their equipment is deemed inadequate. I know that we've been at tournaments where kids have been kicked out of a game because they've got to go put on their mouth guard. They go put on their mouth guard, they come back. So coaches, parents, referees, we've all got the rule book behind us, it's already there. So we've got to enact it. So how do we go about it? So this is this is my call to action. Everybody's calling, you know, the NHL needs to mandate, and hey, maybe it'll happen, which would be great because they mandated helmets and that took a minute, right? They even grandfathered people in who didn't have to wear a helmet while they were playing with other players who were required to wear helmets. Well, you know what, guys, let's just pull the Band-Aid off. If we're pulling the Band-Aid off of pulling out of fighting in Canada and the QMJHL, and yeah, let's go ahead and pull the Band-Aid off and just say, okay, everybody, let's go ahead. Let's just enforce the rule book here and make it happen. So the actions in the United States, 
Kevin Margarucci is the director of player safety for USA Hockey. You can go to USA Hockey and you can go to contact us and you can send in your concern. I suggest making it concise and to the point and that you want to get this done. There is also the director of officiating for USA Hockey. That is Matt Leaf. Contact Matt Leaf. Contact Kevin Margarucci in the United States to let them hear what rules you want enforced that are already in their rule book. Then in Hockey Canada, Natasha Johnson is the director of sports safety. And uh, the head of officiating for Hockey Canada is Todd Anderson. So if you're in Canada, contact those folks and let them know that you want to see the rules enforced so that they can send messages out to all officiants so that they can enforce these rules that are already in the book of protective gear. Now then, you as parents, I'm seeing that there's a huge run on net guards. This happened three years ago as well. So I know companies are going to be getting these pieces ramped up so that they can be purchased. I imagine by the end of this season going into next year, because it takes, um, it would take a lot. I don't see why it should, because the rules are already in the book. It's not like USA Hockey or Hockey Canada have to convene a Congress in order to pass any kind of rule around it, because it's already there. So to me, it's a message out to all officiants, tournament directors, coaches, that says these are in the book, start to follow them, so that we can mitigate risk. It doesn't mean that we can get, a, get rid of risk but we can mitigate it. My next call to action is going to be on helmet technology. Our helmet technology is far inadequate for what level of speed and um, uh, potential head injury that can go on on the ice and cause long-term effects. So I'm going to start getting some guests on that from the equipment world so that we can ask the questions, get very well educated on it, and be able to protect our players. Because while the NHL can dally around and do what they need to do for making things you know mandatory in the NHL, we've got our kids to think of. And we need to think of our kids tonight we're headed to practice. We've got to think of our kids who are headed in this weekend to play some games. Okay? We're the moms. We're the parents. These are our precious little gems that we've got. You've got the guidebook behind you, or the rule book rather, I'm sorry. You have the rule book from USA Hockey and Hockey Canada behind you. Now we need USA Hockey and Hockey Canada and all of the other organizing bodies across the world to get behind their officiants, their coaches, their tournament directors, their league directors to enforce the rules that they've already really done a good job in putting in place. So let's make those calls, let's send those emails, and let's make something happen this time instead of just letting it fritter off and we forget about it until the next tragedy happens. So I'm going to go back, get my hot apple cider going, and try and make my voice better. But I am praying for all of you out there. I'm praying for Adam Johnson and his family. I am praying that we can do some true resolving of this mitigating risk issue that we all face every time our little gems face um, the or, uh, get out on the ice. So 
With that said, I am with you. I actually get to go see my son play this weekend. I'll be in Sioux City. So I will see you at the rink.